Hello, friends. This is Nev Sharma. And I'm so excited to share this reading of uh, a narrative I recently published called Ashakti in Action, Creating a Life of Inner and Outer Abundance. It was published in July 2020 in collaboration with a dynamic student-led club out of Harvard University called SAPS, or South Asian Americans in Public Service. You can also find it on their website, uh, published in their online journal called Shakti. A few key summary points of the narrative. The first, we humans have created great abundance and comforts on the outside, but have struggled to create joy and well-being inside of ourselves. This is evident by the challenges we're collectively encountering uh, in the current times. When things have become shaky on the outside, we're finding it very difficult to stay centered um, inside of ourselves. And this is really causing a devastating toll on our mental and emotional health and well-being on a global scale. The second, humans have multidimensional capabilities more than just the minds. We have hearts and we have spirits. By tapping into the full potential of the human, we can bring great nourishment and abundance to both our inner and outer world. Number three, this abundance shows up as joy, centeredness, creativity inside of us. And on the outside, it can be seen as breakthrough leadership, which is strong, compassionate, integrated, and also innovation, impacting individuals, communities, organizations, and corporations across the world in a very positive way. Number four, I share my own personal life journey, challenges and learnings that propelled me and inspired me to create this transformative platform called In Out Abundance. And finally, the fifth point is that each one of us is called to action to invoke and activate our Shakti to create this transformation on a broader scale. With that, I invite you to listen to this audio podcast and uh, your thoughts and ideas are very welcome as well. Thank you. Our Shakti in Action creating a life of inner and outer abundance. For months now, as the coronavirus pandemic has been unraveling globally, life's unpredictability and fragility has been staring right at all of us. This crisis is exposing serious issues, 
many that have long been festering, but are now coming to light more than ever before. Adding to this, my Minneapolis community recently witnessed the senseless, brutal death of George Floyd, a black citizen at the hands of racist cops, engulfing my city, the nation and the world into waves of protests and violence. We are confronting a collective struggle to cope with these difficult issues. Weeks of external uncertainty, an escalating death toll, and isolation from our normal lives is bringing up many emotions, fear, anger, pain, sadness, grief, and even numbness. We are struggling to feel centered and grounded. Alarming statistics show rapidly growing anxiety, stress, depression, domestic violence and risk of suicide. This is a wake-up call to not only heal the crisis at hand, but also to address the roots of this human agony that has been ignored for too long. We see national and organizational leaders pressed daily to make hard decisions affecting human lives and livelihoods amidst unprecedented uncertainty, emphasizing the significant and urgent need for agile, intelligent leaders that can combine strength and compassion. We also see that the challenges faced by the world today call for breakthrough creativity and innovation, tapping into the best potential of humans and technology. We must pay attention and take action upon what has gone largely ignored for too long, the untapped potential of a human being. How will a human being bring new value? Can they do it from the same mind that created the problem? The issues highlighted above have one aspect in common. How well resourced we each feel to cope and interact with our outer and inner worlds. It is true that human ingenuity has created immense richness and comfort in the world. It is also evident that most of us have struggled to create a joyful life inside of us. This is despite widespread knowledge that the most basic need of a human is joy. So this brings forth the big question. Is it possible to create joy, abundance and richness in both our inner and outer worlds? Undoubtedly, yes. 
not only is it possible to create, but it is also urgently needed to do so now than ever before. The recent pandemic and racial injustices are nature's jolt to us to wake up and invoke our individual and collective Shakti for change. Goddess Shakti is the ultimate divine feminine energy in Hindu mythology. She's an equal counterpart to Shiva, the ultimate divine masculine energy. She represents the powerful cosmic force of transformation, the creation of new and the destruction of old unconscious ways. To me, Shakti represents the perfect archetype for the transformation needed for our times. It will come through each one of us, invoking and activating Shakti's energy, will awaken inside us the longing and courage to grow to our full human potential. Humans are multidimensional beings, more than just their minds. The body has three major centers. The mind is the source of intellect, which we know too well. The heart is the house of our emotions, which make us feel alive, loving, and joyous. And the spirit is the source of our life energy, presence, silence, and intuition. Until now, society has valued, formally trained and mostly used only one of these centers, the mind. However, the current societal challenges provide a ripe context for growing our untapped, unused capabilities. By cultivating more of our full potential, we can access joy, relaxation, compassion, and grounding inside. This manifests on the outside as an alert, integrated intelligence, a capacity to lead both with the mind and the heart and infuse solutions with breakthrough creativity, innovation, and reverence for life. This is what I call Shakti in action, transforming us to create a life of inner and outer abundance. To understand my point of view more, I would like to invite you into my personal life journey with its challenges and learnings. I was born in India I was a second child of my parents and a girl again. My mom's parents held me with a mix of joy and tears. My paternal grandmother cried, lamenting the arrival of another girl. And this was quite customary for where she lived. My parents, however, were welcoming and accepting of me. 
When I think of my childhood, it is full of two contrasting set of memories. The first ones are of sweet, joyful, loving, playful times with my parents, sisters and friends. Free to be, free to explore and free to play. From many outside and from society in general, I picked up a sense of pity for my parents. With four girls, what ill luck had befallen them? I started to feel an ache, a pain, for what I imagined was my parents' burden. This motivated me to take on a strong persona, hiding any vulnerability or weakness. It became my unconsciously adopted survival strategy to feel respected and accepted in a society that was changing, but still preferred boys. These societal attitudes that I had to shield myself against continued as I grew up as well, making my teenage years especially challenging as a female. To begin with, the streets were unsafe. I experienced my first attack at the age of 12, when two boys on a cycle shoved a kind of powder into my face that stung for hours. Such incidents continued throughout my teenage years. At 17, I joined a state school to study engineering, which was still fairly uncommon for girls in, in, in India. I was among five girls in a class of 150. The attention was overwhelming and it turned oppressive when I became the target of harassment for four to five boys. Those eight months were a terrorizing experience. I lived in uncertainty, not knowing when I would leave our university building to find my scooter damaged. And every day I would be subject to derogatory sexual comments about my body. I felt enraged and humiliated. Some days I would just wish I could vanish. Protesting what likely wasn't things I was told by many as the situation was already unsafe. This all happened during my first year at engineering school. I have carried unspeakable trauma from this episode for decades. It's only in the last three years that I have done the intensive work to release and heal the trauma, to let go of the outrage, pain, shame, and humiliation. Writing about this has been a very, very intense experience for me. I have asked myself again and again, 
What made me take the abuse for so long? Why did I not feel safe to show my outrage then? Why did I repress the trauma for so long? Would my life have been different if I had the support and resources to deal with the trauma then? It seems paradoxical that Shakti is worshipped as a goddess in India, yet the feminine in the human body is burdened with so much hardship. Moving to the United States at 21 opened a new door for me. It brought in a breath of fresh air, a sense of freedom and safety that was lacking before. I started a master's program in electrical engineering, loving the challenge of exploring answers with technology. A passion which led to intriguing research and development work in a Fortune 200 company. However, while my professional life continued to grow, I was struggling personally in a challenging marriage. At 29, I finally filed for divorce, the first ever in my family far and near. In Indian culture, divorces were still frowned upon, especially for women. I made a hard decision, preceded by a lot of weighing and soul searching, not only for myself, but also for my family. I'm fortunate to have a supportive family, so post-divorce, the only pressure for them was to remarry. So far I haven't, and they have given up. During my visits to India, reactions from the more conservative relatives range from ignoring the divorce completely to frowning on my inclusion in certain rituals of family weddings and celebrations. The implicit message driven by long-held beliefs and superstitions was that I should have just made the marriage work somehow as that's what good Indian girls do. I would mostly laugh them off or ignore them. And other times my parents and sisters stood up for me. But a few times it really did hurt. While I understand the situation in India is now improving, living in the United States and being financially independent made it much easier being a divorced woman. Untethered and with a new lease on life, I traveled the world, developed new interests, and kept climbing the corporate ladder. As a female engineer of South Asian heritage, I also experienced challenges. A big one was navigating the organizational culture and politics in corporate America. Another aspect of this culture that puzzled me was how I couldn't seem to hit that elusive balance between too soft and too aggressive. 
a common experience for women. With grit and resourcefulness, I succeeded in making it high up and worked for top technical leaders in a significant role. However, during this time, I experienced racial harassment at work. Reporting it and dealing with the aftermath turned out to be quite a difficult experience for me. I came face to face with toxic biases, many unconscious and deeply entrenched in organizations that seek to defend the perpetrator instead of the victim. It is interesting to note the common thread between what I underwent in the US and in India. Both instances revealed prejudice, whether because of my gender or race or other characteristics. In my experience, what was blatant in India was more subtle here, but existed nevertheless. After completing a full-time MBA, I started work at a Fortune 100 company, which was innovation driven. Six years later, I was shaken to my roots when my business unit leader, my mentor and guide passed away at 51. The sudden loss became a catalyst for me to look deeper within myself and truly cherish the gift of life and its fragility. Meditation became the resource for me to feel grounded and experience peace. I experimented with different methods and found the active meditations created by the enlightened mystic Osho to be incredibly powerful for releasing stuck emotions and feeling vitality. I have now been meditating regularly for close to 10 years, along with pursuing other means of personal growth. I have learned to tune into my body, relax my mind, open my heart and access my spirit. This has expanded my capacity to access my inner joy, peace and creativity. It has opened my heart to healing, compassion and the wisdom that we all carry our unique burdens, a lesson very, very pertinent to the current times. The sense of well-being has spilled over into my work, expanding my perception and worldview, my leadership, as well as my collaboration and innovation abilities. I have also come to realize that I'm not alone in facing significant life challenges. There is a deep sense of shared resonance and connection with other human beings. The specifics of our external situations, our backgrounds may vary, but at the core, our essence and needs are similar. It is against this backdrop that I have felt propelled to share my learnings by creating a new platform to inspire and support such a transformation 
for abundance. To me, abundance is an overflowing richness and connectedness, a sense of plenty and nourishment, as opposed to one of scarcity, isolation, exhaustion and depletion. Each of you is a potential catalyst for this transformation. You are the generation of youth whose lives have seen major disruption by the current crises. You are investigating the alarming impact of the coronavirus crisis on various aspects of life, be this social, academic, economic, scientific or political and are beginning to understand the urgency to develop new approaches and solutions to confront problems in both the short term and the long term. You're resonating with the outrage and the pain of your fellow black Americans and are supporting the protests the rallies and the activist efforts in mind-blowing numbers. The great pain that you're undergoing can bring tremendous growth when channeled. Each of you can be powerful agents of change for yourself, for the world you want to live in, and for the world you want to create. You will, without doubt, bring about this change in your communities, in your schools, and in your workplaces. Each of your efforts is akin to a candle, bringing more light into darkness. Your own Shakti is your candle flame. Even a small candle makes a big difference in the dark enough to take a step forward. Soon, more candles will be lit and more steps taken together to move into greater abundance. Our collective Shakti is a true force of nature, a force to be reckoned with. Thank you for listening. This is Niv Sharma, founder and CEO of In Out Abundance, a trailblazing platform to inspire and support creating a life of abundance both on the inside and outside. Stay safe and be well. Thank you.